Hello and welcome to the Irish Fire Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Halton. I'm an entrepreneur, investor, and financial independence enthusiast, sharing my financial freedom journey. Stay tuned and welcome aboard. Thank you for the feedback that I received on the last episode I did in relation to the day I lost 6,000 euros. I had a ton of feedback received, so I am going to comment on this in relation to today's episode, uh, because unfortunately there's been a little bit of a shake-up in the European peer-to-peer industry in the last couple of weeks, which I'm going to touch on in today's episode and Unfortunately, and I actually hate to say this, but uh, unfortunately I got caught up again in another scam. This time it was the Investio scam, which I'm extremely disappointed to have to announce because Investio was actually one of the peer-to-peer lending platforms that I was recommending in the webinars that I was running. So firstly, if you did invest in Investio from my recommendation, I greatly apologize. I did run through all of the checks that I would normally do on peer-to-peer lending platforms and they checked out. They had LinkedIn profiles, they had had other bloggers who had visited them and seen the projects firsthand. So even though they were a high-risk investment, it's been a little bit of a shock in terms of how quickly this has unfolded. I'm going to quickly give an update on what actually happened and how this all unfolded. So it all started with a little bit of panic in December with another platform going under. It was a another high-risk peer-to-peer lending platform that looked a little bit less transparent than Investio ever did. Now the name itself is a name that I can't even pronounce. I couldn't even try to. I've been trying to off air to pronounce it, but it's K-U-E-T-Z-A-L and I think they largely named it something which couldn't be pronounced on purpose. And they initially went bust at the end of December and it brought a whole lot of widespread panic in the peer-to-peer lending industry and people started to look at some of the other high-risk peer-to-peer lending platforms and start to question how legitimate they were. And for Investio, they had this system called a buyback where you could buy back at any time and basically get out of the fund. Now, I actually misinterpreted what that was. I was under the impression that it was a buyback in the case that the lender actually defaulted. I didn't realize it was a case where Investio themselves would actually buy back it from you and you would receive your funds in five days less 5%. And when you start hearing things like that, you can suddenly start to see that, hey, maybe this could have signs of a Ponzi scheme. But effectively, Investio started blaming the fact that this other platform had gone bust and that investors were withdrawing their money, which may have been partly true, but they then took it upon themselves for the website to literally disappear one day, blaming hackers, and the website never actually returned. So it's been a little bit of a blow. I myself lost a couple of thousand euro because of that, which uh, again is a crippling blow to my portfolio on top of already losing 6,000 euros the week before. And so what are the lessons from this? Firstly, I'm thankful that I only had 2,000 euros in there. And I think that we talk about diversification a lot, but we don't always think about how that actually plays out for when the event actually happens. And the thing is, there's no crystal ball here. I ran through every check that I thought I could to make sure that Investio wasn't a scam. And even then, I still didn't get it right. So how are we really to know if something is legit or not? It's so hard. And some of these scams are really, really well thought out. So it's not such a case where we can just determine it by looking at it. 
Yes, some are obvious and some of them we learn our mistakes, but in some cases it's just really hard to know. I do know that when it came to Investio that I always talked about it as my high-risk peer-to-peer lending platform. So in many cases, I got what I deserved. I was actually talking to Ralph Benson from MoneyCube about this during the week, and Ralph kind of pointed out to me, he said, Michael, why do you need to have such high-risk investments? You're doing fine, you're still young enough, you should be satisfied with a medium return, knowing that your money is at least safe. And I think that he raised a really good point. And I think another mistake that I've been making is that I've been focusing on these cash flow investments, so investments that produce cash flow. And I think there's often this argument, and Rich Dad, Robert Kiyosaki, certainly comments on this. He says, oh, you want investments that give you positive cash flow, so you don't have to sell something to actually receive the cash flow. And that works for real estate. That makes 100% sense. It doesn't make sense for things like shares or index funds, or things where you can actually sell a percentage of what you own without having any impact on the other percentage. So in the case of, say, just buying index funds, you can always just sell 4% of your index funds, keeping 96%, and that's your cash flow. So I think in many ways I got so caught up on looking for ways to produce this monthly cash flow that Robert Kiyosaki talked about that I forgot common sense. That if we just buy something and we can sell a percentage of it, that that's effectively the same thing. And so it certainly made me look again at my portfolio. And I think I don't often talk about and have episodes in the podcast about investing. I'm more about the mindset and reducing your expenditures, increasing your income and ideas around that. But when it comes to your investment portfolio, keep it as simple as possible and keep it as diversified as possible so that if something like this happens, you're not over leveraged, right? I knew people who had 15, 20% of their portfolio on Investio. That's a massive hit to take. Look, me losing six grand a couple of weeks ago and then this happening is bad news. And there's no guarantee that this ripple effect with other peer-to-peer lending platforms is stopped yet. This could just be the start of something far worse. We don't know. But it's a lesson. All of these things are lessons. And so again, I touched earlier that I got a load of feedback from the last episode. And there's one particular message, or at least a couple of people actually commented on this. And they said, oh yeah, well, you lost six grand in the financial markets. That's why real estate's a better investment. Because at least with real estate, you can see what you're, what you're buying. And I read the message and I thought, mm, yeah, but that person probably didn't know that I owned a house in Australia and which I bought in 2007, the worst possible time to buy. I didn't know at the time that it was a good or bad time to buy. You don't. You don't know if it's a good or bad time to buy a house until a couple of years later. Again, there's no crystal ball. And then I didn't know that the one in 100 year flood that they warned me about, which had happened 80 years previous was going to happen four years after I bought the house. And I didn't know that even though I double and triple checked with my insurance company that I was covered for flood damage, that they were going to come back and say, well, actually, no, you're not covered. And it's up to you to prove that we said that you were. That house was almost written off. And so do not think that real estate or any other asset class is the solution here. It is not. The solution here is that you need to be diversified when it comes to your portfolio. So that when you look at your portfolio, you can say to yourself, if this investment were to be a scam, would I lose sleep at night? Would I be upset about it? Or would it be 2% of my portfolio? I'll take it on the chin, knowing that there was always a possibility that that was going to be the case, and move on. And this is no different 
if you're buying index funds or Bitcoin or whatever. The share market's a great example. We are due for an adjustment. We know that. That adjustment could be 20%, 50% or more. Who knows? Are you prepared for that? Will you be okay when that happens? Because those who won't are the ones that will panic and sell. And they are the ones that will lose money. And so what changes have I made to my portfolio as a result of all of this? Well, firstly, I've made the decision to start pumping more money into my pension. Again, this was a conversation with Ralph that I had, but I kind of realized there's no point me keep trying these high risk investments where there's no need to. I know that if I put 1,500, 2,000 euros a month into my pension, that assuming I get a net 8% return over the next 14 and a half years, I will have hit half a million euros. And the way that my wife and I are starting to live our life now, even drawing down 20,000 a year, would have a significant impact for us. Secondly, I've started looking at my portfolio in a what-if scenario. And this is quite powerful. This is taken directly from a top investor, Ray Dalio. And basically, the idea is to say, right, if there were to be a recession tomorrow, what would happen to my portfolio? Or if there continues to be a bull market, what would happen to my portfolio? Or... Should I be putting this money in an unregulated investment? Or at least how much should I be putting in that unregulated investment? Because we know that that could be a scam. Or that money could just disappear overnight. Or there could be government regulation that says, right, we're now changing the way that that business operates. It's a matter of playing the probabilities on your portfolio and working out, are you comfortable? Because for many of us, myself included, when push came to shove, I realized that I was overleveraged in certain parts of my portfolio. And no bigger am I overleveraged than I am at the moment with my forestry investment. Now, I'm pleased to report that within the next month, I am expecting to see a payment from my forestry investment, which will confirm for me if the investment was actually a scam or not. Because at the moment, we don't fully know. Again, it's an unregulated investment. It's with a company that's an Irish company, but all the same, you don't always know what's going on. And in the last six months or so, there has been some pretty bad press around the forestry industry. I have done as much homework as I possibly can on this, but we do not know. And so if you want to take anything away from this, this is where the power of buying index funds and possibly real estate to a degree and some of those other more regulated investments are a good idea. If you don't want to worry about if your investment is a scam, do not commit to an unregulated investment. If you're comfortable with that and you don't over leverage and you diversify, great, do it. It's all about planning how you're going to invest. Like I said earlier, it's been a tough couple of weeks for me, but this is all part of the game. This is why we're learning and this is why we're hoping to be investors and I would much rather this happen now where the worst case scenario is I work a few extra hours to build my capital, which unfortunately it now looks like I'm going to have to do, rather than a situation where I'd left the workforce, had retired, and actually then realized that I had over leveraged in certain areas. So let the lessons keep coming, let the pain keep coming, because the whole idea is, again, as I mentioned in the last episode, it is all about the long run game. As always, if you have any questions on this episode, reach out to me at michael at firepodcast.ie. Otherwise, I look forward to catching you on the next episode. 
If you're a big fan of the show, why not become an Irish Fire Podcast member for free? Members receive access to inside information that isn't shared on the podcast, as well as regular updates such as a monthly newsletter. To become a member, visit www.firepodcast.ie.